Hey, uh, hey, Anthony, do you like do you like my new shirt? Sure, man. It's cool. Could have been better. What was that? I said it could have been better. You want to fight about yeah, it? Yeah, I do. Let's go, chump. <laughs> Hold on a second. We don't need to fight. We don't? All you need to do is go to 86.com and choose from one of their many designs. Franchises range from Skullgirls to Street Fighter and even Blaze Blue. And if you check out 86 through this Twitch channel, use 86.com slash question mark AFF equals four to let them know that Mission Star Podcast sent you. Hello, hang on a second. There we go. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mission Star Podcast. It's another week, another day, it's another day in the game industry uh, as we know it. Uh, with me today, um, got one returning that he is from the from from the far reaches of the east coast of Virginia. We have Alex. Yo, fuckers, what's up? And then uh, we have a special guest with us tonight. Um, she also is a podcaster. Um, she's a bit of a Nintendo nut, uh, as, as some oh, would say. Oh, hells yes, I am. Um, but... No shit, just look at the background. <laughs> look at my shirt. It says everything, too. Hey, oh, that... Well, you, you couldn't see the shirt I was wearing yesterday. I, I had a Zelda uh, Link t-shirt on yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was just made out of like different descriptive words of him. Oh, that's cool. Yes, the voice that you are hearing is the voice of Christina. Welcome to the show. Hey! Hello. Chop the crap out of her intro. <laughs> essentially. Ouch. Essentially. Ouch. <laughs> um, but she is with us tonight to talk about um, everything Pokemon and Nintendo-wise. Uh, so when we get to that point, she'll give us a deet. And also, she'll be the specialist in that versus our old, our old, old asses. So... But with that being said, let's jump right into the news. Uh, of course, me starting out. All right. So um, let me bring up the order real quick. But the obviously one of the big news I wanted to talk about is TwitchCon. TwitchCon happened last weekend. Um, some big announcements came out of that. And here is the article that I'm going to read about from uh, the Esports Observer by Hi. Max McKeeley. And again, sorry, I mispronounced your last name, but I suck at names. <laughs> if you don't want us to mispronounce your last name, show up on the show. <laughs> I ITK how to English. <laughs> essentially, essentially. How announcements from TwitchCon could impact the marketplace for video game based personality streaming. Twitch CEO Emmett Shear made a handful of announcements at the keynote during TwitchCon's opening ceremony last weekend, and the general theme for changes coming to the platform was, quote, quality of life, unquote. While Shear discussed many changes that are coming to Twitch, a vast majority of announcements on Friday night were focused on improving the experience that dedicated, uh, have 
uh, dedicate have when using the platform as a means to make a living. Though some announcements were bigger than others, changes in small details to the streaming platform, like enhancements made to the creator dashboard and channel pages for broadcasters, showed that Shear's company is making an attempt to focus its operations on supporting the entrepreneurs who define Twitch success. Additionally, Shear explained that even Twitch's rebrand and website redesign, which came just before the convention or geared are geared toward putting an emphasis on broadcast personalities themselves instead of the platform as an entity. And the the things that they announced at TwitchCon uh, during day one, and I'll go in order, uh, they already announced TwitchCon for next year is happening. Uh, the TwitchCon out in the UK or in the uh, out in the uh, EU, it's going to be at Amsterdam, May 2nd and 3rd of next year, 2020. And yeah. returning next year, uh, will be TwitchCon in the U.S. will be back in San Diego next year on September 25th to 27th, 2020. Which, nice. which I'm happy because then I get to hopefully go next year and I might stay with certain somebody. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but, um, yeah, so that was one of the, you know, off, off the bat announcements. Uh, one of the things they also announced was uh, Twitch Studio, which makes it easier for new creators to get started with, with a guided setup, easy-to-use templates for customization, built-in activity feed, chat alerts, and so they can connect with their audience while they stream. It, essentially, what it was for for Twitch is a um, it's basically like an easy uh, guide uh, for people who want to start streaming and then actual built into Twitch website of you know, do you have a webcam setup? Okay, cool. I see. Basically, like, yeah. do you have a microphone? Like, do you have this and this and this? And it goes down the line. It's actually pretty. Uh, it's actually pretty useful? good for. Yeah, it's pretty useful for. Uh, for young uh, Twitch streamers, beginners, definitely. So that's one of the things they announced. The other thing. Don't say young, please. That's just <laughs> a weird connotation. You know, you're you're not wrong on that. Actually, look, I don't need to see eight eight year olds fucking playing Fortnite. Okay? That would be very weird. Mm-hmm. I just have an old mentality. <laughs> <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> Get off my lawn, children. You're too young to play this on Twitch. <laughs> the other things they announced was the update and created dashboard, which they kind of showed off a few buttons, including a um, a rated channel bu uh, button, a clip that button, which I'm very I'm Wait, excited for that. you can rate a channel now? You can rate a, cha a channel. On Twitch, you can actually, um, after your stream is over, you can now click on a button whenever this new dashboard comes in. You can still rate people wow. now, but you can like send all your viewers to that Twitch channel, and then everybody just goes onto that Twitch channel and say hello or do whatever. So, well, I mean, that's, that, right. that's been in there for a long time. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. It's just making it easier. But they just probably making it yeah, easier. They just yeah, made, yeah they made it easier because before it was like you had to do slash raid and the fucking name of their channel, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Just make it 20 times more complicated. It's like, no, mm -hmm. do that. Exactly. The other thing they announced was, and this is something I'm a mock-up view, and some of these pictures you might be seeing behind me are basically what the, the mock-up views of some of these. This is a channel page that we're talking about. Um... It's basically, they're, I mean, and I'll discuss it later on, but like they're basically copying YouTube. Um, and the the channel page is basically the front page of your YouTube channel. It's basically what's going to be on Twitch. So you have your trailer of, you know, of your channel, 30 your seconds channel to, is. yeah, 30 seconds to a minute, a description of it to the left, and then your videos below it. Um, so that's one thing they're bringing in, which I'm not surprised. Um, so Twitch is becoming the new purple YouTube. <laughs> they're trying to trying to be YouTube. Twitch has been trying to get to that point for a while, anyways. Yeah, that's ridiculous. They've wow. they I honestly 
feel like that was kind of their end goal when they introduced VOD, the whole VOD system or the entire um, revamped version of it and they're working on that. So like I, it, it was obvious to me that they were going to go that route in terms of like trying to be a competitor to YouTube more so than what they are now. Um, other things they announced was the cut the channel points, which was basically, you know the thing on Mixer, or for people who don't know, on Mixer, there is a thing on Mixer where you go into somebody's uh, channel and there are points at the bottom of the Twitch channel you can gain by just watching the stream. or And it's pretty much that on Twitch. They just copied them straight up. <laughs> and then they added added a functionality where like I think you do click on a chest that, that is next to that number so you can gain more channel points. To which you can use that to unlock a wide range of different uh, emotes or um, special messages. So it kind of... You you sit down and you watch stream and you gain points and you can use that to unlock something within the Twitch channel. So, oh, yeah. That's cool. Um, the other thing that they showed off that I'm really excited for is Mod View. Mod View is a, uh, is a very... Uh, boosted up a part of version of uh, being a mod on Twitch because now like you have and you can see behind me um, now as a mod you have access to not only the tools they have on Twitch but like now you can rearrange um, certain items on the screen you can make this the 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 stream screen much smaller you can enlarge uh, different boxes one for mod auctions auto mod queue um, you can now, when you look at somebody's name, you can actually look at their entire history, um, when they made the account. It's really in depth. So the mods on Twitch hey, are going to get much wow. more powerful um, when it comes when this comes out. I'm really excited for that. What did they? When is going to be released? Um, I believe most. So for mod view, some of the features have already gone live. Yeah, uh, mod view is next year, uh, 2020. I want to say spring. So, so probably like mid-April, uh, mid probably. Probably, more than likely. Um, That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, depends on how fast they want to get it done. But it's from the looks of it, from the from just what I've shown, it looks very good. I'm like really excited it, it for that. It sounds amazing. Jeez. Mm -hmm. uh, the next thing announced is just like, hey, you can now subscribe on iOS because apparently, I guess you can do that on iOS for if you're yeah. watching Twitch channel. So now you can subscribe. Um, Yay! I can finally <laughs> use it a lot more effectively. Right. Um, one of the most requested features that they wanted that that people have been addressing was that um, the ads on Twitch has been horrendous. Um, when you go into somebody's channel, you are automatically shown a pre-roll ad which you cannot bypass unless you're a subscriber. And even then, I think that pre-rolls still show no, up. No, uh, pre-rolls don't show up for subscribers to a channel. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's just annoying overall, just ads appearing. It's just annoying. Yes. So yeah, they no, it's it's super fucking annoying, and I honestly have stopped watching a lot of Twitch because of it. Exactly. Yeah. So they so they managed to actually fix this issue where, when you go on to a uh, person's Twitch channel, um, you'll still see the ad to the left, but you'll still you have the stream now up in the upper right corner, picture in picture. So you'll still see what the stream is is going on. While the ad is playing, um, so it's yeah, and and I I enjoy this change. I think that this is great. I can actually see what's going on. Um, as far as I hope the sound of the stream you can, can still hear versus yeah. me and the the, the ads kind of. Um, no, I get. I almost guarantee you it'll be the ad uh, sound. Yeah, 
Um, at, at least it's a smart move that you're not missing any content versus missing at least a solid minute that's true. of important information, you know? That's true. It's very true. Um, last three things they, uh, uh, they uh, announced that's coming. It's going to be uh, polls um, coming to Twitch. So basically, you know that you have third-party polls even on Twitch extensions. There are polls you can set up for people to vote for, you know, what game should I do next or, you know, yeah. yada, yada. They're not going yeah. to put, put that into the Twitch uh, channel itself. So you can yeah, make it. That's, that's just making it easier Absolutely. for broadcasters, which is nice. Absolutely. Oh my god, that's that's gonna be a lot. That's gonna be a game changer easily. I would I would say a game changer, but it makes things a lot easier to do things. Fair uh, enough. Um, the other thing they announced was coming next year. It's called a hype train. Um, which basically what this is is you know how on tw on some Twitch streams like they have you know a, a goal that someone wants to make like get three hundred subs slash six hundred yeah. and if I get to this goal I'll do this. Um, now they have that embedded into the Twitch channel uh, above the uh, stream chat to where uh, the, you can put the goal of what you want to do um, and you can specify like, you know, subs or, you know, bits or how much money raised. You can actually make that a, a goal for people to look at and it'll pop down for about a brief second when somebody subs and then they'll show the percentage and then disappear afterwards. Um, it's again another another uh, quality of life feature that people um, can use now, other than putting it into their overlay. So that is awesome. Um, mm -hmm. And then they have a a bits auto refill. So say you're you're using bits, say you want to put some money towards a streamer, um, but you don't want to continuously put your number in every time or click a few buttons. Now it just auto refills. Um, if you want to continuously like, Hey, I'm going to get this amount of bits. Cool. Just I feel like that's bit. dangerous. I know it is, but it sounds a little bit like I, uh, it sounds something you don't want to mess around with. It's yeah. too risky. Like if it was like a one time, just click the button. Do you want to use payment, uh, payment method on file? I'd be okay with that. But like just automatically dumping the bits in when you hit it, like when you run out, mm -hmm. uh, I don't. I don't think I agree with that. That sounds like a really bad idea. Unless, from what it sounds like, unless they put like some kind of specific policy on it, it sounds way too risque right now. They probably have to tweak that one out a little bit more. Well, that feature's coming out in October, <laughs> so actually what? this month. Yep, bits auto refills yeah. coming out this this month. So Ooh. we're gonna look out for that. And then one last thing, which is not listed on here, but something I do want to address is that the, they are um, starting. I want to say next year, they are planning to have posted transparency reports because um, there's been a hot button topic in terms of like what what constitutes you getting banned from Twitch and what doesn't. How come this twi this Twitch channel does and this Twitch channel, uh, channel d doesn't? Yeah. And they addressed that during the press conference, like an actual question, just like right to the CEO. And really? yeah. Um, which, you know, on the surface, bold move by Twitch for actually addressing the issue that a lot of people have been talking about. It's been around the, the news cycles. Um, the thing, though, is as cool and, and as valid that that may sound, the thing that you had to kind of keep in mind is that even though they're posting these transparency reports of, like, you know, why this person was banned and, and you know, why exactly that happened, um, they still control the message. So, like, you know, will we get the, other full, the entire full details of why this person was banned or 
how transparent they want to be. We don't know exactly. Um, and part of me is very skeptical. It's like, they're, they're not going to really put out the entire details of somebody getting banned. Like, you know, because it's... I feel like they want to make themselves look, as, look good as, as they possibly can. Um, Probably. It, it sounds well, like course. a brick popularity contest but at the same time it's like if you put out all that information out there you just go look like a sleaze like would it just make sense just to say this is what happened like in the most simplest details without going 20 billion pages in you know well just if they're smart that's what it'll be it'll be a quick rundown of you know this x person I, I can't believe that they would actually release the fucking names but it could be like x person uh, was banned for a violation of this. This is what constituted this violation. That's, that's all it. you have to do. That's all they need. They don't yeah. need any more detail than that. And honestly, I'm not sure they should actually be putting out people's the names. Actual names, yeah. I just say, just this person did this. Obviously, people be asking what person, obviously, and that'll make that obvious enough. But just, you don't need to put the person's name on full blast. It's kind of not cool. It's yeah. actually disrespectful in a way. The thing, also to add to this, that he also explained that they've been ramping up their um, their quality control, or like, you know, in terms of like who gets banned and who doesn't, and just kind of making sure that people who are on Twitch are not um, violating TOS. There, he he did announce that they are gonna they're putting together a board of people that they're getting people from within the industry and also other streamers together to kind of moderate and kind of decide does said person gets banned or gets penalized but how are they deciding who gets on there the as a streamers, streamer yeah. because somebody that's, that's a streamer like at ninja's level or tally's level has a very different outlook on something as opposed to somebody at my level yeah not so just like, that but at the same time would it be considered like um what is it favoritism in a way they would have to put them on the uh company payroll in some way shape or form to yeah. legitimize it yeah like uh, they, they could not keep them as a contractor for the purposes of that. They'd have to bring them on as a, a actual an actual board member, trustee person. To yeah, they'd, they'd have to bring them on at least as a part time yeah. employee at yeah. the very least. Yeah. So yeah, that's and uh, how I feel about that. Like I, it's kind. I kind of feel like if you're Twitch, you're kind of damn if you do, damn if you don't. Um, I talked to another friend of mine who was um, streaming, and I kind of asked her, like, you know, what, what would you like to see like Twitch do to kind of really you know, uh, not do transfer reports, but I like, get better with the TOS. And she told me like, you know, I would like to see him change the TOS and be more clear, which I think a lot of people are in the same group and same mindset. So yes, absolutely. And then the reason why Twitch won't do that is because like, then people will see, oh, so if I do this and this and this, I'll violate TOS. Okay. So if I do this and this and this, I should be okay. In terms of like trying to find loopholes or trying to find things that yeah. are not stated in TOS that they can get around and do whatever they want to do. Well, to be fair to Twitch, there's a reason why you don't have your terms of service be super uh, specific with things. And that's because it backs you into a corner. You no longer have a flexible rule set that you can use to, especially in a situation like what, what, what Twitch has, yeah. where each stream is totally different. It's a totally different dynamic. And what could be found offensive on one stream isn't a found offensive on another stream yeah. so it, it's it's kind of hard you don't want to limit the creativity that's there but at the same time you have to be able to police it in such a way that you don't have to worry about the content that's being shown on your website and just by you could do a black and white thing but black and white means that i can go ahead and i can play in all this other area because you're not covering it yeah 
and it, and that's very tough thing for for Twitch to kind of balance. And I don't blame them for being vague because then that leaves it to their Anything interpretation. Yeah, and their interpretation. Yeah. So like it's they have to be. Yeah, the real problem. The real problem, I think, is just the actual training that the mods on Twitch go through and their own judgment. Their yes. judgment needs to be more uniform across the board. You see a lot of mods will say, "Oh, that's not a violation," and then another mod will say, "Yes, it is." This and now is, you have yeah, a back it's gonna forth. be it's gonna just swing back and forth without actually figuring out what is considered right and what's considered wrong because mm-hmm. everybody's opinions are always different, but they don't know what exactly you know, lay down the foundation saying, this is right, this is wrong. If the wrong thing happens, it's automatic ban. But everybody's, like you said, everybody's opinion is so different to where it's like, oh, this could be right in one person's uh, stream and the other person's stream could be like, no, this is wrong. And then it's just like, how can you resolve an issue when two sides of the field don't know what's right or wrong anymore? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You have to to find the common ones that you agree. And then there's always going to be ones that are like a snap judgment call. Yeah. But those are the ones that need to be able to be uh, challenged so that somebody higher up the food chain can actually look at it and make an executive decision. Yeah. So basically become like a whistleblower in a way. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Like, it, it, one of those things of, like, say, um, I'm on stream and, you know, something happens that's beyond my control. Like, uh, there's Foul a lot of ones. Happens. Well, like, there's a lot of <laughs> ones where, like, uh, people will be opening, like, streamers will open stuff or have stuff play automatically if you donate. And yep. people have taken advantage of that to put, you know, some very spicy material up on the screen. Yep. And no matter how quick the streamer catches it, because it showed, that's a ban. That's an automatic ban because of the content that you were displaying on your stream. Correct. Now, is that the streamer's fault? Yes and no. It's their fault because they're allowing their viewers, anybody who is viewing their stream to donate and have something pop up. But no, because they're not the ones that actually put the content up. They're not the one controlling that content. Exactly. So you run into this whole thing of like, he is trying to build his community and have that that, uh, interaction with his chat. Are you going to really punish him for it? Or maybe you should just punish the person who did the donation originally. That is true. And one of the things with the what uh, CEO did mention while talking about this is like what they're looking for is intent. Like if and this is an example, if you see somebody on stream get pushed, you know, is that you, you see the intent there. But if you see that that person tripped, you know, and was tripped by somebody, you you, you also see the intent was more malicious. Yeah, um, but. I don't think that they're using intent as a goalpost at this point. I don't think they have been because there's too many things that come out where it's like this decision could go either way based on just black and white facts. Nobody's looking into what was actually the whole story. No one's looking into the whole scenario without actually going to the person and saying what happened. Instead, they're saying, no, you did something wrong. Banned. Exactly. You hear both sides of the story. So the problem. So from what I'm understanding, it sounds like they're not understanding the point is they're not getting both sides of the story they're just getting one side saying oh this happened so that person has to be banned why not they look at the full scenario from yeah. not just the you know person streaming it but also the people that are streaming the content like you know you could take the name of the person without revealing it to the world you could just screenshot it save it for a file and then you could go to like the administrator or whatever saying hey can you please contact this person because they're messing around with me and I don't know why. And it's not really fair because, you know, they're messing around with my content. 
versus me sitting in the background playing video games and god knows what and they're like you know doing their own thing and something appears like this was out of my control how is this possible and the fact that you don't know what's going on how can it be fair judgment when both sides of the story are not even equally fair when you didn't even hear any side exactly it's it's just ridiculous yeah and and, and twitch again is in a tough position to really kind of like judge you know whether a, a channel gets banned or punished um not to mention like you know people you know use that report feature on twitch to punish those who are not doing anything wrong um and then those you know you twitch go. sees that and it's like oh obviously yep. this person is doing wrong with all the reports when in actuality they're not or they're drawing something on on stream and that's about it like I, yeah. like i said it's literally two sides of the story but they're only listening to the side one of the sides when it's like hold on before you even ban anybody get both sides of the story and then use good judgment to say okay this is considered wrong you have to be banned like yeah. freaking use common sense come on yeah and that and that, yeah, and that it, sorry, go ahead Alex. Alex. yeah it, it just it comes down to really they don't take into consideration any aspect other than exactly what was on there and that just doesn't work because it's just this absolute thing and honestly absolution just don't work because you, you can't have an absolute rule there's always mitigating factors to pretty much everything yeah yep it's yeah, it, it's a it's a very tough position for Twitch, and you know the one thing I will give them props for is that, and, and they said it, and I, I think this is more true than, than I think it is. But I think when they said that they're you know they don't have bots controlling the system, uh, or you know in terms of like making, making making these judgments, they actually have people behind them like looking at each case, which you know I believe them, and that and that in that regard, like you know hey. I'll, props to you guys because you know youtube Kudos, is no kidding yeah because youtube is all bot driven and like if you want to repeal something over there it takes longer and you need some 20 years <laughs> <laughs> so and you can't contact anybody from youtube unless you're a, a huge person on on the internet so unless it's, you have unless you have followers or anything good luck trying to even get a fight started because no one's gonna care because you're such a small fry exactly or if you or you have to at least know somebody who has a following because i've seen plenty of people uh, basically do a signal boost to get attention for it, for stuff. Yeah, but you gotta know the person, and do you know how difficult yep. it is to even say hi to a famous YouTuber and be like, hey, help me out here. They could be like, we don't know you and we don't care. <laughs> exactly. And I've seen that plenty of times, and I'm sitting here like, you guys are jerks. Who the hell are you? Yeah, and are like, yeah, oh, we was... have millions of dollars. We're sponsored yep. by these people. Well, and the worst part is that if it was if it was somebody that they knew uh, they didn't know personally, but had a huge following, they would have definitely do it for them. And it's just so dumb. It yeah. is beyond dumb. That that's honestly one thing I get really sick and tired about is like if I have a problem with someone on my channel when they're messing around with it, and I'm going straight to the YouTube people and be like, "Help me out here." They're gonna file that complaint, wait five years. And then they're going to come back to my issue. And I'm like, bro, I left the freaking community because you didn't even help me out in the first place. Why yep. should I care about you when you did not help me when I needed you? It's so dumb. Because you're just a freaking little ant compared to Godzilla over here. Freaking God knows who. PewDiePie, for example, because he's one of the biggest names on YouTube. He pretty much controls the whole market on YouTube. And if I even try to say, hey, how are you doing? He's not going to care because I'm too small. And, and it, it just oh it drives me nuts. Yeah, and it, and it is definitely YouTube's um, that that's due to YouTube and how everything is set up. Um, 
but going back to Twitch, um, so overall, out of everything they've, 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 they've talked about, um, everything they've announced, um, you know, Twitch, you know, the, my Twitch overlords or, you know, purple overlords of, of Twitch, um, they, there's some definitely some cool uh, stuff that they're bringing to the table when it comes to streaming. There's, def- there's, def- there's definitely some things that, uh, as, as, I, as, I, as I hear Alex's uh, mic going nuts there. Uh, <laughs> um, that's all right. Um, so, like, yeah, I think that what Twitch brings to the table is I'm really excited for. Obviously, the more tools that a streamer has, the better that the streamer will be able to do said thing. Survive. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it will swipe. It will survive the Twitch battle royale of who's gonna survive. <laughs> essentially, <laughs> essentially, um, and you know, I'm excited to you know definitely use the tools for Twitch um, in the future. Uh, having TwitchCon come back for San Diego for next year, I'm excited about. Um, I am. I've heard a lot of good things about it from Ian. Yeah. My friend of mine, he went there and he said he had a really good time. He met some pretty big uh, name YouTuber there, so. I was like, oh, yeah, fine. But he was working one of the booths, so gotcha. that's all yeah. I remember. A lot of, I think that Twitch, or we're going to see Twitch start settling more in San Diego. It seems to do really well for them. A lot of people show up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because if you think about it, that's where Comic-Con was located. So if exactly. you know how huge Comic-Con is, TwitchCon could possibly end up being the next Comic-Con of San Diego. I highly doubt that, honestly. You ne- I don't know. We don't know. They no, I, I can say with pretty much certainty that no, it'll never be as big as Comic Con. No. It won't be as big, but it could be big enough. No, no, no. Okay, uh, okay, San Diego Comic Con. As somebody who lives in San Diego, mm. San Diego Comic Con literally is how our downtown uh, hotels. Downtown survive. is pretty much Comic Con City. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, the hotels in downtown San Diego, a bunch of them would close if it wasn't for Comic Con. Exactly. Really? Yeah. yeah, they make the most money. That is where they make like the vast majority. It's kind of like with uh, wow. retail stores where they make like the vast majority of their uh, money at the you know Black Friday, the last and last push at the end of That's the year. Right. Same Black idea Friday. for downtown San Diego. They make a ton of money. San Diego Comic Con is their Black Friday. <laughs> that it, is the best way to describe it. Yeah, Comic Con like it from from my. One time going, like the entire. It's not it's only just the convention center, but it's the entire city of San it's Diego. It's the whole city, yeah. It's yep. insane. I, I remember going there a few times, and from what I remember, like everywhere you turned, they will give you a discount if you're going to Comic Con, like a ten percent discount. Oh yeah. Like, show oh, the yeah. You get the discount. It's like, the yeah. hell is going yeah. on here? Absolutely. Yeah, they all, and they, they give you just there's discounts left and right because they're all scrambling to fight for the uh, income from the competition. Co- from everybody there. So yeah. Yep. Yep. That's actually really interesting. <laughs> but yeah, that's my story for the first segment of the podcast. And the next person we're going to go to is Alex. Haha. So which one is this? This is the crossplay one. All right. So for crossplay, um, I got one. I got an article here from Engadget. Uh, Sony opens PS4 cross-platform multiplayer access to all developers. The console gaming uh, world would about uh, would could be about to get a lot more open for a long time. Sony was resistant to letting people play PS4 games with their friends on other platforms. To correct, open the doors with a cross-play beta for Fortnite a little over a year ago, and that's allowing all developers to make use of the uh, cross-platform capabilities. Over the last 12 months, 
games such as Rocket League, Player Known's Battleground, Dauntless, Paladin Smite, and Realm Royale. Do we all notice the trend there? Uh, have enabled a PS4 crossplay with other consoles. Xbox One and PC games will be able to face off against PS4 buddies in Call of Duty Modern Warfare later this month. Oh, wow. Some other games, including Disc Jam, Eve Valkyrie, Final Fantasy what is that, 14, and Street Fighter V, let PS4 and PC gamers play those titles with each other. Sony didn't Ooh. have a splashy announcement about bringing crossplay out of beta. It revealed the news alongside. Uh, uh, wait one second. It revealed the news almost as an aside in a wired story about its cloud gaming ambitions. A number of other ma uh, major titles offer cross-play between non-PS4 platforms, notably including Minecraft and Roblox. So it'll be interesting to see which developers embrace Sony's newfound openness. So basically what's going on is Sony's finally caved to Microsoft's incessant taunting. And when Nintendo came in and showed you how you're supposed to do things, you know you yeah. did something right. You did something wrong. So it looks like Sony's finally backed down and said, "Okay, yeah, we see how we're going to make more money. We're going to let crossplay happen." You uh, have no choice. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. They finally, oh. they finally caved in. Like they finally, yeah. like, hey, they were the last ones to kind of recognize the temperature in the room and seeing that both Microsoft and Nintendo were already doing crossplay. Platforming one. all over the place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're like, they saw this at, at some point. It's like, all right, fine, we'll do it. <laughs> it, it, got well, to, it. It got to the point where basically all companies have to work together because of this cross-platforming due to the fact that, like, it's pretty much, it's, all, it's the same game, just on different consoles. It's like, yeah. what are you going to complain about? You have all powerful systems. Uh, just use it together. Well, well, well the, whole, the whole thing is they use it as a uh, stick so that you could you had to buy a PS4 because if you wanted to play with your friends, that's right. Friends played on PS4, you had to buy the PS4 or whatever you know it came out Console on. You have, so yeah. it was one of those. It was a stick that they were using to try and force everybody to pick a side in the so the quote unquote console wars. What I think actually led the charge in all of this and which really forced their hand is the fact that. Microsoft is treating their Xboxes and the PCs as the exact same thing now. Really? Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, so, like, the Ultimate Game Pass allows you to play it on either Xbox or computer. Oh, but wow. they're, cro they're cross-linked. So, for example, um, every now and then I'll play Sea of Thieves with my, bu with my buddies. Well, one of them plays on Xbox. You have to launch the Xbox, uh, the actual Xbox app on your Windows PC to be able to play, and it pulls up Xbox Live, and you see your Xbox Live friends, and you join your Xbox Live friends to play this game. So that was kind of like the first wall that really came down, and then it just kind of spiraled out of control beyond anything that Sony or Nintendo could possibly hope to stop. Yeah. Because I remember when, uh, when Nintendo announced with Fortnite, because that was one of the first ones they did, when they announced that Fortnite was going to be on Switch and that it was going to be cross-playing with, like, all the other consoles, I'm sitting here like, oh, boy. This got very interesting, especially with the fact that little kids are going to be playing online and the fact that you're going to be mingling with other people that pretty much play a lot better when we barely got Fortnite, you know, on the Switch. And it's like, this just got really interesting really quick. 
Like, yikes. And this movement has been going on for a while, and a lot of people have been voicing their opinions to Sony. Like, hey, we want crossplay. This is this is the future of the game industry. And it they've is. been they've been so slow to react and to be able to to do this that finally at some point they look at it, they, they finally recognize like this is change got no choice. Yeah, no. they have no choice. Like this is everybody's doing it. This is the change that, that is going toward the future of the game industry and we better get on board versus being left behind. And they finally realize like, okay, yes, we have to we have to do this. We have to You have to cross platform. We have no choice. Yeah. Well and here's the interesting one too. So they didn't cover it in this article because it's specific to the Call of Duty Modern Warfare uh get new game coming out. But the one for the mobile? No. Uh, no, no, not the mobile one, the console and PC. Ah, okay. Uh, so what's happening in that one is that if you decide to do cross you can do crossplay. Crossplay works, but they ba- break it down based on your input, uh, what input you're using. So, are you using keyboard and mouse, or are you using controller? And oh. that's what actually differentiates you from being able to play with other people. So, if I'm playing on a computer with my buddy who's playing on an Xbox, and he's using a controller, I have to use a controller. That's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're breaking it up based on what do you want to play with. Do you want to play with mouse and keyboard? Do you want to play with a controller? That's pretty dumb. It's going to be game to game in that situation. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But honestly, I would be surprised if you don't see that in every single first-person shooter moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, because we all know that there's a total, there's a huge difference between using a keyboard and mouse in a first-person shooter and using a controller. Yeah, and there, and there definitely is. Speak from from my point of view. Speaking as as a, a competitive player, and in the fighting game scene, like when this announce this announcement happened, this is huge for the scene. I'll say still for other competitive scenes as well, because we've always had the issues of you know I want to play say Greg and, and, and Dragon Ball, but he's on Xbox and have a PS4, so I can't play him. Um, with mm-hmm. this announcement, this makes it so that. Whatever future game and maybe hopefully me past games will enable this. I don't don't count on the past games because they'd have to go in and drop in a bunch of new code to make that work. I know, so yeah. and that's, and that's just a whole spiel of work. I know, you and, know and, this, and this is me hoping. This is me hoping. That's yeah, <laughs> some of them might like like the fighting games. They might do it because at that point it might be just a small little bit of code that allows them to uh, reach into the other uh, pr- platforms as well. Yes, but for a lot of those past games, I wouldn't count on it. Yeah, yeah, for... that that's just a whole spiel of worms you don't want to open because that's just too much. No way. It, it depends on it depends on how. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I was gonna say it depends but, on on the audience and how vocal they are. Nope. But at the same time, they're not gonna. It's it's a Honestly, lot of work just to code all yeah. that. It's no. a it's, lot. it's gonna come down to just how much work it actually is and how much of a player base or how much money are we still making from this game. That is very true. It's very true. So oh. it's just leave the past behind. Let it be. Let it just be. And just fo- I think they're yeah. gonna mainly focus from what it sounds like on future games. Yeah. Like if they're yep. gonna release another Dragon Ball game, more likely, uh, it will have that crap uh, cross platforming feature, allowing, like, for example, someone from the Xbox community play against someone on the PS4 community. So it'll be a lot easier and a lot smoother transition. But mm-hmm. if they're going to go picky on the, the controllers, like, you know, PC controller versus uh, an Xbox or PS4 controller, that's where I'm getting really iffy about because that's still not, you could say, fair. 
in a way, but at the same time, it is because even you said it yourself, the difference is so obvious. Yeah, but Especially- here's where it's going to get interesting, and this might affect Anthony. If they're doing that for first-person shooters, what's to stop them from doing it for uh, Other games. fighting games? Well, yeah. for fighting games. So you could fight with a stick or a controller. Like, are you playing with a fighting stick or a controller? So yeah. well, there's a huge difference there. There is. It is beyond. Well, well, here, well, well, here's the thing about that. Um, number one, uh, <laughs> when it comes to uh, you know what what you use to play a fighting game, you can use anything honestly, and it works like a stick. Oh, guy, uh, guys will play with like the freaking uh, Guitar Hero controllers. So, yeah, uh, yeah. You can there play you go. Literally yeah. anything. Yeah. With enough practice, anything is possible. Uh, absolutely. No kidding. Absolutely. Two. Um, I think that consoles in the in the next year, and I think that I think they. Good example of what this would look like is with the new Gears of Hero game coming out next year. Um, that sticks will be recognized as controllers. Um, I don't think I, for for people who play on PC, like they like I play on PC and I usually use a controller. I know that people use a fight stick to play on the PC um, and whatever other weird device they use. So like I think that it won't be much of a problem when it comes to that. I think that universally it's just going to look like oh controller versus controller. Um, so I don't think it's going to be a big issue in the final game scene when it comes to that. Other scenes that, you know, are first-person shooters um, will probably will run to that issue. It's like, you know, hey, are you using mouse and keyboard versus a controller? And if it's mouse and keyboard, and as you said in your in your news story, like there's going to be still a difference between who is playing who, then, you know, that's more of an issue uh, than what it is with the final game scene. And it will, de- it will depend on each game. This also has a double-edged sword for esports. Because there are plenty of Call of Duty uh, teams that will play on PC with mouse and keyboard, but they'll also have a console version. So you're going to be seeing a lot of of esports, like with first-person shooter teams. I think they're going to start paring down their teams and just start cutting them. Because it's going to be, okay, well, we can play on literally anything. Right. So it doesn't matter what you are. We don't need a PS4 squad, an Xbox One squad. Because of the controls. Yeah. All we need is one squad, and you're all going to play together. Yeah. That's going to be an interesting problem, because even a lot of the people, like professional eSport teams, that, for example, Call of Duty, if they're separate controllers, it's like, we can't do that, because if, for example, let's say the competition requires only PS4 controllers, and half of the team has PC control, uh, the PC mouse and all that stuff. Mouse and keyboard, yeah. yeah well, and you and can use like, the mouse and keyboard fair. on a PlayStation 4. Yeah, or an but, Xbox but, One. But what, but what I'm saying is, like, they're yeah. probably going to mainly focus on the controller situation. So, like I said, four people, if two of the people only play P, uh, the PS4 controller and the other two play the PC controller, or, you know, mouse and whatever, yeah. and, you know, the people are going to be like, oh, we don't need the PC people anymore because we got the PS4 people. We just need more PS4 people. And it's like, you just pretty much fired some of the best players just yeah. because of a control situation. Honestly, situation. I'll be very surprised if they go to controller instead of mouse and keyboard. Just because from yeah, a business no stance, choice. well, from a business stance, all of the esports uh, teams could That's just be true. like, we're yeah. playing with mouse and keyboards. So from a business stance, it makes more sense because you can get more money for uh, for sponsorships for a mouse and a keyboard than just yep. a controller. And there's not as many companies out there making controllers. So it's nope, an extra... Yeah. It's an extra uh, sponsorship that they money. can pull and pick money. up. Yeah. Exactly. They can pick up an extra sponsorship, which could easily keep the team alive longer. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's, it's kind of depressing that they're kind of doing that because it's like, 
why why would you pretty much do that like get rid of some of the best players just because they don't know how to use something like that's very foreign to them you know it's like that's kind of not cool oh, it, it's, Their response it's business. is pretty much gonna be like well then they should learn yeah it's it's business it's, it's dumb it's, it's still it, dumb it, i know but it's business it's money yeah on, on the sound of nickels and dimes <laughs> yep and on the plus side i just want to add to this is like this will open up in terms of the competitive scene in esports to kind of say on stand out for a second it's going to open up for a lot of people that if, if you hop on on any console or on pc and you want to compete against players um that are not just segregated to one console now you can you can That's play right. it, you can play everybody and everybody is now on for the most part on an even playing field as long as you're not on wi-fi um <laughs> and, hey, hey, there fuck you go. You. I, I used to do competitive gaming on wi-fi you, if you actually have a decent connection a decent card in your computer there's no real issue with Wi-Fi. That's uh, just I mean, we'll it's, put it this it's way. old, old thought process. <laughs> we'll put it this way. If you want to compete online, you better have damn good Wi-Fi because yeah, sometimes if the, if the Wi-Fi drops, you could get disqualified. If I'm, the Wi-Fi yeah. drops, you can get disqualified. I've seen yep. it with Pokemon, the, the Pokemon video game community. Yep. And my God, they get so old. Oh, yeah. God, you don't want to go near it. It's mm-hmm. true. Yes. It's bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm wired for life. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's just my preference. Just my preference. I'm just personally saying, yikes! But, yeah, I'm sorry, you know. but I don't feel like running 300 feet of Ethernet cable through the fucking wall. As long as it gives me a good connection and I have to worry about it when I'm playing games online, hell yes. That's all that matters. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not doing that. Do you know how much it fucking costs to actually do all that shit? No, hell no. Fuck that. I'll <laughs> sacrifice the money to do it. I don't give a shit. Okay, I'll tell you what. You go ahead and you just slip me that money when you've got that money. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, I, if i if i win the lotto i'll, I'll swear to god i'll do that <laughs> win the lotto, i expect a lot more than just that instead of three three hundred dollars it'll be five hundred it's not three five hundred no, try more like three thousand <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh lord just add an extra zero in there you know we're all good <laughs> so bad all right Is but, anything else want to add to the story alex or are we no nope, that's it for that one all righty then we'll be back with alex here shortly but we're going to transition to our guest for tonight, and she's going to talk about Pokemon. Yay! Pokemon, because it's one of the few games coming out November 15th of Pokemon Sword and Shield. So yesterday, the Pokemon community was watching a stream by the actual Pokemon company on their YouTube channel. It was a 24-hour stream revealing different Pokemon in some kind of forest-looking region of, like, Phantom, Pikachu, a new Pokemon. There was, like, two new Pokemons they revealed. One of them was called Impidimp. It was revealed at E3. It was, like, a little fairy demon, and it looks horrifyingly scary but adorable. And the other new Pokemon is actually, from what everybody's to be the new region version of Ponyta. It looks so adorable. It's like a baby unicorn. And there's two forms of it. One of them has a tail. The other one does not have a tail. And from speculating with some of my friends, like, you know, through Facebook and all that, we're chatting to try and figure out what typing it could possibly be. Me, personally, I want to say it's a ghost fairy or ghost fire. But half of my friends are saying there's a good chance it might be fairy. And I'm sitting here like, 
it just looks like a ghost pony, and I will name it Steve. I do not <laughs> care. I will grab that pony and name it Steve. What? And they're like, <laughs> what surprised me is uh, when they were announced that there's a 24-hour stream of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I vaguely look up before this podcast, and correct me if I'm wrong, was it just like a stream of like just a scene, like nothing? Pikachu occasionally would walk across, and then eventually you get it's, the reveal. It wasn't. It wasn't just Pikachu. It, like I said, there were some other Pokemon, and they're like uh, Morel, which was one of the mushrooms from Pokemon X and Y. The Sheetonic, which is the evolved form of Morel from X and Y. Phantom from X and Y. Uh, Pikachu, of course, making an appearance. Impotent being the new little fairy demon that was reeled at E3 this year. And obviously the new uh, region form of Ponita, which was basically the number one reason why they did the 24-hour stream. And no joke, it was so boring to watch. I would like, imagine so, but I'm assuming... I'm literally sitting here, I'm like, I'm just going to check Cerebi. I'm not going to bother watching. I'm just going to check Cerebi, seeing what they're talking about. And literally, Cerebi's just been constantly up to date saying, Oh, this is what happened. This is what happened. Pikachu close to the screen. Oh, look, we got more We got more uh, scenario of what the new Pokemon looks like. Oh, we don't know this. And then next, you know, near the very end of the stream, they revealed two versions of the region version of Ponita. And everyone's like, oh, it's so adorable. We're going to draw 20 billion fan art of it and post it up the next day. And I'm like, oh, dear God. <laughs> but I will admit, it's adorable. And everybody's there. The two big speculations from what I'm hearing around, people are saying that it could be a pre-evolved form of Ponita or since it's a new version, that it could possibly evolve into a Pegasus. Since it has a little, little unicorn horn. Hmm. So, there's huge speculation about what this new Ponita will be. But I will admit, the fact that it glows makes me laugh and all giggly because it looks too adorable. Like, uh, I cannot hide it. It's just too stinking adorable. I just like the fact that they literally did an entire 24-hour stream with almost nothing on it. And I would assume there were at least thousands of people watching. I'll put it this. The this button is more than the like button. That <laughs> ex like, this is exact similar scenario. Like, you know, the Pokemon company. But this is similar scenario to what Pokemon Go did for the Team Rocket invasion. They had a whole 24-hour stream, you know, waiting for the reveal of possibly Giovanni ending up in Pokemon Go, you know, just, oh, honky-dory. No, they didn't reveal anything. They just said, oh, we're just going to have a one-hour event in Pokemon Go dedicated to just you going find the Team Rocket stops and go battle. And it's like, everybody got so salty. It was like, wow, that was... A big waste of time for pretty much nothing. I would figure that it would got, this is the thing that people would ironically like. Like, and just like, you know, it. They hyped it up too much. The problem is, hyped it up so much to where when the actual reveal happened, everyone's like, you made me hype up for practically nothing. Hmm. Wow. That's interesting. It was hmm. bad. Hmm. But for this. But, um,. When they showed the new Pokemon, the new Ponita, everybody was like, okay, we could somewhat get along with that. But the downside is it was a 24-hour stream. That's what kind of irks me a little bit because it was just way too long. Hmm. No one's going to stay up through 24 hours well, waiting to get a picture of 
the new Ponyta when they could have revealed it in like a two minute video like they did with uh, Fetched, the new form of Farfetched, you know, the sword exclusive one. Well, and I, um, I, I, it would make more sense to do that. I, I, would, I would say that nobody, that nobody would stay up for that. It's like, well, I think there are probably certain people that are out there would would do that. <laughs> well, I mean, they would do it just to get the information. Like, you know, oh, this happened, this happened, this happened. But when you actually, like, really think about it, people just like, yeah, no, we don't honestly care. They just want the information of, like, here's what the new Ponyta looks like. That this is what it looks like. We don't know anything else we don't know if it's gonna have an exclusive move we don't know it's typing we don't even know like that much we just know it exists mm. but it looks adorable and the other interesting thing about this game from besides the um pokemon reveal of the new ponita i was talking to one of my friends about this and he was actually really surprised and i somehow convinced him to buy the game because i was actually really good at that <laughs> but i told him in the new game, you have a chance to change the nature of the Pokemon. So, like, for example, when you play competitive Pokemon, one of the Pokemons I personally use is a Timid Gengar. Timid Gengar can outspeed, let's say, a um, Adamant Gengar. Adamant Gengar is known for physical attacks. Timid Gengar is basically known for, basically, I'm going to hit hard with a Shadow Ball, but I'm going to outspeed you. So, Timid means we're going to outspeed you. And let's say you have the Adamant Gengar in the Pokemon game. Yes, Gengar is, by the way, in Sword and Shield. I'm super happy about that because Gengar. <laughs> but apparently in the game, there's a, there's a way you could change the Adamant nature to a Timid nature that can make it competitive to play. Which is going to be a huge game changer because that's going to open up the doors to possibly more competitive teams. And there's a huge possibility that we're going to even see Pokemon we never thought of to put on a team. Which hmm. is going to be pretty damn ridiculous. Like, one year in the Pokemon video game community, when it was one of the finals, right. someone mm. used a freaking Pachirisu with a Garchomp. Hmm. Pachirisu, that, hmm. little, that little squirrel, electric squirrel, used competitively in a battle to the point where people are like how is that thing impossible and well, because if you train it right like literally if you get the right stats anything can be anything can be competitive yes but at the same time no one would expect a freaking pachirisu everybody you know expects garchomp gengar freaking yeah what other no, big no one's wants. thinking outside the box so the one time somebody does exactly. everyone freaks the shit out oh yeah exactly it's a big it's a huge deal because like who would have thought that a Pachirisu would be tanky enough to even take a, two Draco Meteors, which is considered the strongest Dragon-type move? How was that stinking possible? To the point where even the company, the Game Freak company, noticed that, and they created a special distribution of that specific Pachirisu used in the competition and spread it around nationwide. So that's actually really surprising how big of an impact that little, that little thing happened. So, the fact that you could change the natures of the Pokemon in Sword and Shield, it's it's going to change the competitive side big time. Hmm. And um, some of the Pokemon that are not in this game, like, there's a few I noticed that are not in the game. The ones that are not included will be included in a future game, according to what Game Freak said in one of the articles I was reading by, I think it was Newsweek. They actually said whatever Pokemon is not in this game, 
will be in the next one because they're mainly from what it looks like they're mainly focusing on trying to make this region new obviously with the new pokemon and more of the story and more of the elements but everybody right now in the pokemon community they're saying bring back national decks and it's like you guys are gonna get over 500 pokemon already to mess around with do you seriously need a thousand in there yeah and, and we, it's we too much and we talked about it kind of in the pre-show like uh, you know, I, I think what, what this game is doing is great. I think that focusing just on this region and just the, you know, ideas of new Pokemon and other stuff into this one region makes it much more, uh, much more of a complete game uh, to Not me. Not just that, but it's also more accessible exactly. because the fact is it's going to be released November 15th, right before the holidays. No joke, a lot of new kids that are barely going to get the new Switch Lite that was released September 15th, they're going to get their hands on literally Pokemon Sword and Shield, Luigi's Mansion 3, probably Mario Odyssey because that's still a popular game, Smash Brothers. They're going to get their hands on one of the biggest games and everybody's saying, oh, bring back the competitiveness. It's already implemented in the game. The only thing is people are not thinking what about the newer trainers that are going to get the game during the holidays that's that's number one because that switch light that's gonna open up a lot of doors for a lot of kids to play that game yeah. because the original switch itself it's already at 300 325 dollars i say 325 because you gotta include the tax but so around 325 <laughs> yeah tax included but yep. <laughs> 325 for just a normal switch and that's a lot plus you got to pay for the game alone being around 60 bucks plus online which is 20 dollars a year so with that it's almost around 410 420 bucks that's a lot just for a holiday gift with just the original switch but with the switch Lite being around 200 dollars that's gonna save a lot of money so and, that's why yeah and, and obviously i think that nintendo did this on purpose like of course yes. of course they're gonna release a, a mini switch per se then with the nintendo light like that's gonna it's they gonna sell no like choice. gonna sell like hotcakes and it, and it, with the po with the new pokemon coming out it's gonna be absolutely the perfect thing for it so exactly pokemon's well, being released you do have to remember though that somebody's actually gotten their hands on one of these lights took it apart and they found that the uh, the control sticks on it are the exact same ones that the Joy Cons were having issues with. Yeah. Oh, so the the, the drift controls. Yeah. 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 Drift so controls. That's that's something that kids not going to care about, but anybody who like actually pays attention to it, yeah, no. That's gonna, gonna be number one. That. They got to fix like really quick because uh, even like when I'm playing at times, I rarely get the drift, but at the same time, it is one big problem they have to fix, especially with upcoming games like i said luigi's mansion 3 coming out on yep. Halloween. where you need the precision they're, yes they're, it's so needed well the thing about that is i don't think they're gonna fix it just because of the way that the, the controller is designed it is an yeah. obviously it's obviously a uh, design flaw if they, no, were, they yeah. fixed it they fixed it for the joy cons did it really but, I thought they, they, but, yeah. here's the thing. but here's the thing you have to send it to nintendo for them to fix it and then they return it back that's the for, for the old ones, yes, but for the new full switches, they are oh, not the being sold ones. with those. They're not being sold with the Joy-Cons that had the issue. They're really? being sold with the brand new ones that don't have the problem. 
Oh, that's interesting. Okay. You so, beat me on that information I did not know. Yeah, so what it is is that the Nintendo got lazy. They had a bunch of shit. Of course they cost, did. And they had a bunch of shit left over and went like, well, how do we make money off this crap? Sell it as something new. But at the same time, the newer Switch, the newer original look Switch, a lot of people are saying are better due to the fact that it has longer battery life, which yep. literally was the one issue that they freaking had to fix on the original one like no joke the original one lasts like five hours and it dies and it's like are you kidding me and then when you do play the new one it lasts like what eight nine hours and it's like why didn't they do this at the beginning but from from my understanding i want to say they went a little bit lazy due to the fact that they were trying to meet the deadline of actually launching the switch because everybody's expectations were so stinking high I don't think it was expectation. I mean, obviously it was, but I don't think it was because they needed cave to that pressure. I think it was just Nintendo trying something that, you know, think that would work and, and it didn't. And then I mean, they, they didn't realize it until afterwards or enough outcry from people saying like, hey, your Joy-Con uh, sticks are drifting. Fix yeah. this. The problem well, I think with the battery life too, that was a conscious decision on their side because it's not hard to find bigger batteries. I think it's what that not. was is, yeah, I think what that is is that Nintendo has always been a very much like, you need to take breaks, not do long gaming sessions. So by having I shorter battery life, goal. they can try and do that. I think that was their main goal because they even noticed how many kids literally sit, or even not just kids, even adults right now. Look at the Smash community. They sit there for 16 hours, bleeding their eyes, turning red to try and compete in Smash. And it's like, you guys need to take a break. Breathe. Please. Yeah. So they're a little bit worried at the fact that there's so many people hooked on it for so long that they don't understand. Like, they put a shorter life in there so you guys could take a break from gaming and go enjoy real life. You know, go hang out with your family, go hang out with your friends, go outside, you know, just, just enjoy life away from gaming for a little bit. But it's just really interesting knowing that opinion of like, um, the shorter battery life versus the longer battery life. That is actually really interesting. I like I never, it. I never thought about that. I, I like the fact that Nintendo has slowly become like this, uh, almost like it's like a second parent, but like telling people like uh, in their games, you should go walk outside with Pokemon Go. You should sleep. Yes. You should sleep more but with their new edition. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, funny enough, the Nintendo actually is not. Nintendo did not create Game Freak. Game Freak is separate. Like, Game Freak and Nintendo, they're side-by-side uh, -side companies, but Game Freak is the one that creates the Pokemon. So Game Freak and Niantic are the one that produced Pokemon Go. Not Nintendo, surprisingly. True. That's true. So, well, so, so what it is is uh, Nintendo owns uh, the... I think they either own uh, Game Freak or they actually own the, the Pokemon IP. The IP. I think they own the IP. I, no, I don't know which one it is. Itself. Yeah, so there's the no way for that for Pokemon Go to have been created without Nintendo's nod. Well, obviously, no way. They may have not been directly, uh, they may not have been directly involved because they don't get directly involved in a lot of their third, like their other uh, third party companies that produce for them. Yet again, they're going mobile with some of their games, which is yeah, interesting. yeah. Like I tried the I tried the new uh, Mario, Kart. Mario Kart one. It's, it's okay. Yeah, it's it's okay. I'm Honestly, I think it's a little bit it's a little bit predatory though. Yeah, 
I, I think that I think that game, the way that is structured with the monetization, I think is bullshit. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, it's not gonna last very long. Yeah, it's yeah, I think it, I think it's structured too much to we want to pull money and let's grab money because they already freaking like, have the, Mario Kart on the Switch. Why do you need another? Because money talks. <laughs> they yeah, want more money. It is a business. I will admit, it is a business. It's not That's just, why. you know, it's not a family-oriented gaming company. It's also a business. And people <clears> don't realize they had to make certain choices due to business standards. Everyone's saying, oh, Nintendo, this and that, and this and that. I'm like, you guys don't understand. It's a business as well. Not just, I'm friendly, but I'm a business. I got to put my foot down at times. Yeah, yeah they, they don't talks. have that same level of freedom to just kind of do whatever, no matter what. Like not as most much. Most companies did. They have a fiduciary uh, responsibility yes. to actually make money and make their investors money. They have to pro, uh, post a profit every yes. single uh, quarter. Yes. If they don't, they can be taken to court. The company can be taken from them. All kinds of ugly things. Ugly, ugly can of worms going to open up and be like, whoopsie daisy. Yeah. So that's why people got to, some people don't understand like they're doing something special due to a business aspect not just because they had no choice it's because of business like there's some people i know that work at nintendo friend wise that tell me some look drops some clues not too many but they say yeah there's some things that we cannot reveal but some of them are can of worms and it's like i don't want to get involved i just want to go sit here but even like some one of my friends who worked over there she even told me like it's so worth trying to even just go. It's so worth it. Because mm. they actually know how to treat workers right. They know how to do a lot of things. But you got to understand, it's not just family-friendly orientation, honky-dory fun, but it's also there's a business aspect, and you got to combine the two together. And mm -hmm. that's what I think makes you Nintendo unique compared to other companies is because of the fact that they're appealing to all audiences, in my opinion, compared to other, like areas i think Not they're opening them. up more to the adult audience but for a long long time they've it's only been, been focused on the on the uh, children yeah family or the family yep. orientation yes exactly. as I put it. but yes, i think they're opening up more towards the fact that okay a lot of our fans and a lot of people who spend money on our shit are adults because they yep. grew up with us exactly it's time that we open up this can of worms a little bit and we just start for them just open this. it up a little bit i mean that's where smash came into it you know, freaking, we're going to open it up a little bit more and put in more interesting characters like Bayonetta and all those guys just because the fans that are older actually know these characters that are uh, not well, suited for little kids. <laughs> the, creator, the creator of Smash has said that this is this is it. He's not doing another one. Yeah. Yes gone. and no. I'm going to actually stop you right there because I actually read an article about that. I somehow did. <laughs> <laughs> The article actually mentioned he wants to do a game eventually, not right now. The problem well, is because he's focusing all his attention currently on the next set of DLC for this current game. So he's focusing everything towards uh, Ultimate before he even thinks about the new game. Because he wants to take a break after literally how many years of freaking work he's done. Thank God, thank God, Sakurai, that you're still doing good. But... Oh my god, like looking at the interview he did with uh about Banjo Kazooie, he looks exhausted as hell. I mean, like, yeah. I feel well, bad. Well, and there's a lot of things out there, and some of it might be just, you know, uh fan theory and stuff like that, but 
there's a lot of things connected. It's a there's theory. a lot of quotes. A game that, theory. Yeah, I'm some sorry. of it comes from game theory. Uh, shout out to Matt Pat. I've got Diet Coke. Matt Pat, uh-huh. uh, But what's going on is that there is there is a lot of things like you have to kind of look around and piece together quotes. And because I don't speak Japanese, maybe it's of a bad course. translation. No, usually but, usually they have a translator with them that asks him and Nintendo saying this. Yeah. But, so what what seems to be going on though is that he is getting tired of, of doing smash brothers like when he first did it it was a thing of love yes the second one okay same yeah, thing no with kirby problem. it's the Third same one. it's the thing is from what even i remember um when uh iowata passed away a few years ago mm-hmm. he ba- him and iowata were such close friends that basically the final thing the smash game that he wanted to finish was ultimate in order to fulfill a wish if i remember with Iwata saying, yeah, we finally did the one project that Iwata wanted to do for such a long time, put Smash on the Switch. So Iwata knew about the Switch existing before he passed away. The only thing is, that was the final final wish, the final, this is going to happen, that's it. But there has been speculation and talk about him creating a new Smash game in the future, but for now, it has not been like 100% confirmed. It's just, you know, yeah. speculations floating around the Nintendo Smash community. But people well, are saying it could happen. I, I, yeah. Well, like I said, it won't happen for a long time. Because his main focus right now is the new DLC characters that he's, they still need to announce in DLC Season Pass number 2. With the next set of characters. That's his main core yeah. focus right now. Because yeah. he's not focusing on the new game yet. Just... Smash, and that's the DLC stuff, and that's it. Yeah, and I, but, I think he's very happy with that. Yeah. Oh, he's hella happy. He's like, yeah. I don't have to work another day in my life. I don't have to develop the game. All I have to do is for your character to work a lot more. Your mic is too low. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that better? No. <laughs> up, 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 up. Oh, <laughs> well, it's not. It's a headset. That, that any better? Okay, yeah. Yes, much better. Much better. Okay, it's because I walked a little bit too far away, I think. Ah, uh, um, gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I snuck outside to have a cigarette. Ah. Uh. <laughs> cool kids, have a cigarette. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, th- I think it's just a matter of, he's burnt out on actually creating the games, because the first game was a labor of love. The second game, yes. he still loved the series, but it was more like a, well, they it's want becoming me to a chore. one. And then as you keep going, it's just like, it's a chore. Game. <laughs> and then by the ultimate game, he's like, I am done. But yeah. he finished the one thing that him and Iwata did mention a while ago. Like, when Iwata was alive, uh, Iwata and Sakurai did talk about putting Smash on the Switch, and that was the final, you could say, act of love for his friendship with Iwata before he passed yeah. away. Well, yeah. And all these developers know about the consoles, and they have dev uh, consoles well, well, well before anything. Oh, and when yeah. you look that closely, like, when you work with, you know, Smash, all of that is, you know, IPs that Nintendo owns. They're going to give you the best information that they possibly Ooh, can. Oh, hell yeah. So the fact that he knew the Switch was coming out well before anyone else, I'm not surprised about Monster. Yeah. Well, yeah, because keep in mind, we, a lot, he didn't reveal enough, inf- well, when Iwata was alive, he didn't reveal too much of what was on. But when he passed away, that's when we found out, oh, he had this problem to yep. where... We didn't even know about the whole entire issue with uh, Smash being on the Switch till literally when it was released. Uh, there's a book coming out 
I forgot by who, but it's a Japanese book that talks about literally the friendships that like some of the workers had with Iwata. So it's like literally in memoriam to Iwata, this tiny little book that yeah. says like how he was a good mentor, a good friend, know what to say and all that stuff. And one of the interviews, if I remember correctly, but this was on the book. This is an interview I remember reading a while ago uh that sakurai and iowata they were literally talking about smash and that iowata's like i want to see twitch uh have smash and obviously iowata passed away and then sakurai i want to say in dedication obviously it's not mentioned in the freaking smash game at all whatsoever which is kind of stupid in my opinion but i want to say that he did it in memory of his friend just to keep his promise saying, I did it. Just for you. But I think we're not going to hear another Smash game for a while. Unless Sakurai passes the torch to a worker that he truly confides in. With all this... This this is his baby. This is his pride and joy. Like freaking Kirby for crying out loud. Yeah. He yeah. will not. You will not give it away. Unless you really, really trust that person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely, and I think that you're right. I think at some point we'll, we'll have another Smash game in the future because Smash prints a lot of money. Who knew? It does. Um, it's so one of the big, it's one of the big ones. Yeah. So like, I, mean, I, got, I got I don't play Smash dedicated at all, and I purchased Smash. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah, exactly. I don't I don't play too competitive. I just like playing it with you know my boyfriend, some of my friends. I come. I just like playing it. It's fun. Yeah. I love the characters they have in there. Freaking Mario Brothers for me. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. I I will say though, like and I'll end on I'll end on this point. Um, this is probably going to be the best Smash Brothers game we'll see in a while. Yes. Just because you're not gonna get all these cameos that you that you have in this game, and how do you, you how how are you going to how can you do, top it? There's no way. Yeah, how are you going to top the amount of cameos and characters you have in this game as it is? So like, you have yeah. Sans for crying out loud. Well, technically, I guess. Yeah, kind but, of. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. It's still Sans. I know people. It's like, people went nuts. I yeah. Don't get oh, me wrong. Oh yeah, dude. I got. I, I went nuts for Terry because fucking Terry's in the in Smash. It's fucking Terry. There you go. Yeah. So but, like, it's it's awesome. But at the same time, you could. F okay, the one thing I will say before I. I Shush. I feel this game, I don't know if you guys will agree with me on this one. You could feel the passion and the fact that he really did put his heart and soul and dedication to this game for Iwata. Like, that final wish. You could literally feel oh, yeah. it. Definitely. Like, yeah. there's no doubt about it. Like, you could yeah, really no, feel it. It's head and shoulders above the last game. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. So I think that's what yeah. kind of makes this game so unique. Just because you could feel that dedication. Like he really wanted to finish it strong. He wanted this to be the ultimate final wish yep. for Iwata. Yep. Can't wait for the next Smash game. Smash, uh, Smash Penultimate. <laughs> yes, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on to our next topic of, topic of hand. And actually going back to Alex. Um, yeah, Alex, so you got... This is going to actually tie into uh, one of the rants I did. Uh, so this article was on economictimes.indiatimes.com. Uh, yeah, like I said, I tend to pick weird little fucking websites and latch onto shit from them, as we saw, where I went into, like, 
a literal stock explanation for some of the stuff, like financials and shit. Um, this one is dealing with esports, colleges, and degrees. So, Whoa. this one's really weird. So last time it I ranted about, <laughs> yeah. So last time I ranted about esports uh, teams being developed, and and they they're actually putting up scholarship for esports players. Really? Yeah. This one. <laughs> oh jeez. This one is all about actual degrees in esports. Now. Wait, isn't there also speculation saying that they're actually going to have like college classes dedicated to esports? Yes, that's what this is about. Yeah. So this is so you okay, can get so a degree in esports. That's um, dumb. <laughs> I'm not going through the whole thing because it's kind of how they kind of broke it down is kind of weird. But for example, um, the University of Staffordshire last year launched its bachelor's and master's esports programs in which students mainly learn marketing and management skills tailored to the industry. This is a good thing. Yes, marketing that is skills, good, but... management skills, these are all great. Why couldn't um, they keep it towards business, not e-gaming? Well, it, that's what it is. It is. It's it's for business uh, management in the esports realm. So it's very targeted, but it, it can be applied across the board to the business. It can't. Why couldn't they just keep is... it the business degree? Yeah, well, that's the thing. So it's basically a business degree, but in esports. So they're just tacking esports onto business and saying, hey, we have a new degree not the best there are no, also it's not. there are rumors and i haven't found any yet but there are rumors going around that there's actual just esports degrees like you're a gamer that is one of the dumbest things i've ever heard you can't teach somebody yeah, you can't teach somebody how to play at a high level if they don't have the skill set so what? basically a degree in that basically boils down to you come into school you sit and down and you just play the game that that's not a fucking degree no, it's not because it, that's that's bullshit in my opinion. That's total bullshit because, for example, there was a video I watched. Someone actually did an interesting study of him as an actual gamer and his wife who's not a gamer. So you're going to take someone that basically is interested and put him into a realm they have no clue about and say, oh, you're a gamer. You're going to get a degree yeah. in it. Yeah. What now practicality is going to be in the real world? Now, like I said, those are rumors I've heard. I haven't found anything about it, but if they not. are, if they are focusing on the management of it and the marketing of it, okay, you know what? I'm on board. That makes sense. Yes. It it has skills that branch out, but yes. I really, really hope that just like with esports uh, being a thing, and they are starting to give out scholarships for it, it's way too soon for that. Like I said last time, I just. I don't agree with it right now. I don't think the groundwork has been done. And if they're giving it out just for being a player, a degree for it. Anybody could get it. it it's the dumbest thing. It's basically, I paid money and I got a degree, but the degree doesn't do anything whatsoever. Exactly. It's like, it's How like getting a, uh, a degree in liberal arts. You can't fucking uh, use it anywhere. I'm an artist. <laughs> artist. No, artist and liberal arts are two different things. Not true. Yeah. So liberal arts specifically, liberal arts isn't actually a thing. You can't use that degree anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like, and to to really give to that point is that you can you can be the best ga- uh, gamer, you can be the best competitive uh, esports player in the world, and not have a lick of schooling in your career, and still be the best. Um, yes. I've seen that done plenty of times, and it makes me worried beyond sick. Yeah, so it's yep. 
like having a degree in it doesn't really add anything to it. If I get a degree, it doesn't. If I get a degree in esports gaming, like that doesn't mean like oh I'm now an esports player. No, that no. just that just yeah. means that because I play games. <laughs> the problem is it, 17 and 18 year olds don't realize that shit. Because the problem here here's the funny thing that I've, I'm understanding because I actually heard about this situation before. First off, gamer is such a broad term. You put it in a degree, and you're pretty much making money off the fact I'm a gamer. That is already bullshit of its own. Like, that's- no, that's not fair at all. Because then I could easily get a degree, my brother could get a degree, my sister could get a degree. But at the same time, it's like, what am I gonna use this degree for in practicality? Like, I understand the marketing and the business. Hell yes. I, I totally agree with that statement. I highly recommend it. To get the business aspect but the problem is they're sticking the term oh you're gonna be a gamer with business knowledge it's like that is super that's a blurry line because that's just gonna put a big dent in the fact that saying oh you're still playing games how can we take you serious when you have yeah. something you know not but yeah, the problem, not it's not a an actual authentic degree that you could use for practicality like you could put that marketing and business towards an actual business degree instead of making a e-gaming degree it's like it's gonna make you look dumb i'm sorry but an e-gaming degree will make you look dumb Spon sponsors are not gonna look at that and say oh we're gonna sponsor because he has a degree in that they're not <laughs> no one cares no it's the same thing it's the same thing like being an artist like in the artist world they don't care of what kind of degree you have. They really absolutely don't. The one thing they ask for, can you draw? Show us your portfolio. If you can draw damn good, we'll hire you. It's the same thing like e-gaming. Can you play a game? Are you damn good in it? You're hired. They don't give a flying fuck about your damn degree. Yep. So why make a degree about something that you honestly don't need a degree in? And we it's had kind of pointless. And we had this conversation before we, last week. I want to say um, and and, it was either last week or the week before. Like, mm -hmm. and I just I went all in on it too. It, and I even got Greg to agree with me. Greg really <laughs> likes the idea really? of sports being more integrated into college. But I, but with with the fact that I was like, it's too early. There's not a ground. There's not a ground level support for it. There is no way for these uh, big colleges to make money off of esports. Question. Yet. Why do you say it's too early? That's that's where I'm curious of because keep so, in mind, this is my first time here. So for most esports, when they get started, it's basically the company saying, we're going to do this and we're going to take a hit. That's just how it's going to be. Whatever we want to grow this particular product so that it can become profitable. At okay. a college level, they don't all the collegiate like gaming stuff is starting to fall to the wayside here. Uh, Heroes of the dorm gone. Uh, we're not seeing very much happening with League of Legends anymore. Call of Duty doesn't have a college league, as far as I'm aware. Neither nope. does Halo. So a lot of these a lot of these uh, games do not have a separate college level where they can support these things. And even when they do, a lot of the times the the actual money that you can earn does not justify the cost of a degree or a, a, uh, having somebody uh, have a scholarship because it's just not paying out enough. Oh, wow. So how, so when you go to like traditional sports, like football or baseball, Soccer, baseball or basketball, all, all those, 
in college, they all have huge, huge things behind them so that they can pull money in. They have yep. ticket sales. They have uh, memorabilia sales. They have... Cheerleaders! Uh, I guess? I mean, they of? could. I mean, I, mean, I don't think we're can. prostituting. I don't think we're prostituting them, but it's been a while. <laughs> but um, are you surprised how some hire actual cheerleaders to help? You know, honky dory. Let's yeah. let's go team. Kind of bullshit. Yeah, but and like they, all, but they have all this other stuff that they can make money from, which actually helps them incentivize incentivize the colleges to actually offer scholarships, and it begins this huge, you know, snowball effect. Yeah. That doesn't exist with esports. No. It just nope. doesn't yet. And until it exists with esports, honestly, you, you, you really can't expect a college level to go anywhere. Yeah. And it, unless it's going to go somewhere, they're going to start dropping it. So I think what needs to happen is that we need to see uh, the, the we need to see them actually start to support it at a college level. Actually, start to have it come out so that okay. You know, we can start making money, which means that the colleges are going to be incentivized to actually offer scholarships, which means that we can get players to come in on scholarships, and that starts the whole snowball rolling. But but at the same time, like, what? Let's say the sponsor. Let's just let's just say this. What if a sponsor goes to the uh, esport gamer and be like, "Do you have a degree?" And they're let's just say they're considered one of the best players, and so, it's like no, I I don't have a degree, and it's like, are you really gonna judge someone because of a degree, or are you gonna turn down one of the greatest players oh, that you could possibly put on a team? Definitely not. We see that happen all the time at college level sports, anyways, where they'll be playing in college, and they have the opportunity to get drafted or picked up by a team, and they decide to you know what, I'm not gonna finish college. I'm gonna go ahead and do this. Yeah, so I've we seen see that, that happen all the time. We know that if statistically you're one of the best, you don't need a degree of any kind. Absolutely. So I, I don't think that we're really going to have any issue with the whole, well, you don't have a degree. Just I, I'll just point to every Dota 2 team that has won in the past internationals. Um, and they, I mean, this is me assuming, but like, you know, I'm pretty sure they don't have a degree in esports gaming and they are millionaires. <laughs> so like yeah. it's, it's, it's. Look at the fucking Fortnite winner. Oh the yeah. The 16 year old that won 3 million. Yeah. He's 16. He is literally the best in the world. Yes. Mm -hmm. Officially, he is the best in the world. End of discussion. I don't care if you're like, oh, well, Ninja wasn't in there. Well, fuck off. Ninja wasn't there. That's his damn fault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he obviously didn't qualify. He either didn't qualify or his ass just fucked up royally and didn't go. Because that's a huge thing you can claim as a streamer is I'm literally the best in the world. It's why so many of these uh, esports players have contracts where they make money because when they stream, they pull in, you know, 2,000, 3,000 people at a time. Because they're best in the world. Absolutely. Exactly. Or one of the best. on that for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there's a so. lot of people that could claim to be the best in the world. And it's like, how yeah. many trophies have you won? And do you have a brain? Exactly. <laughs> my favorite is like, well, I'm the best in the world. Look at my stats. Do you have the trophy? Do you have the belt? No? Fuck off. Yeah, pretty much. Because yeah. the thing is, you need, you need to show it in order to freaking prove it. Because no yeah. one's going to believe you unless you literally have the evidence. Exactly. It's like me. It's like me going to my friend saying I'm the best in knowing Nintendo shit, and they're gonna go to me as like prove uh, it, prove it, and then it's like shit, I got nothing, and then they look around my room and they're like, oh, you do know your shit, but I'm like, the thing is, but well, that doesn't make you the best. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly, because I don't have the actual piece of paper or the certificate saying 
I'm the god at knowing this stuff. What can you do? You like, know? like, like IGN or Polygon are not going to you for Nintendo news. It's like we need Christina to go on the field to report us Nintendo stuff. <laughs> exactly, because the thing is, like, they know I know the stuff, like quote unquote. They know I know the stuff, but the thing is, I'm not quote unquote certified because you know I don't have the proof. There's the problem. So the evidence is pretty much like, do you have the evidence to show that you know your shit or are you just talking? Yeah. Which is pretty damn annoying. Yeah. And yeah. that's what kind of irritates me a little bit about all sports stuff. Because mm -hmm. they, they talk too much and that's why um, if you're best in the world, why don't you actually show it through your tropes, not through your... Yes. Like your skills are good? Cool, but there could be someone else that could beat you. I mean, there was a 16-year-old that won $3 million. Compared well, that's to the thing. Being the best in the world doesn't guarantee you're going to always be the best in the world. Everybody has, has a good day. Everybody has a bad day. Yep. Yeah, but has everybody has a good day. But yep. Everybody has a good day. Everybody has a bad day. Just because you're the best today doesn't mean you're the best tomorrow. Best tomorrow, yep. yep. Yeah, so until you have the next competition, yeah, you can claim I'm the number one player in the, in the world. Currently. People, people could still beat him because yes. you know what? Everybody has bad games. Yeah. Shit happens. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell no, yeah. Nobody is undefeated. No matter how yeah. dominant of a player and you are, eventually you will lose. People will figure you out. And stuff yep. may happen. Yep. Or you might lose mm -hmm. on a fluke. So it's... Everybody has a weakness. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not a god. You're not invincible. <laughs> you are a human being that bleeds red. So get over it. You will eventually have a weakness. Oh man, damn! I wish I bleed green, but guess what? I can't. No, I, I bleed in I bleed in colorblind mode. <laughs> That's possible. What? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. But We've... it's just a very interesting topic. Yeah, I don't talk yeah. much about esports. It's very rare because there's there's a lot of controversy behind the esports stuff. Like it's fun to watch, but when you remove the the curtain a little bit, it's just way too many cannibals of controversy all over the place yeah. maybe, like, maybe, maybe we should have you more often than on here <laughs> oh, yeah. I, would love I, I would love to have controversy talks like that's the one thing i love it's so weird but i like that kind of stuff awesome it, it's like i like friendly debates because it's like you're not totally against a person but you're not totally like with them because it's one of those things where you like sit there and it's like you could actually take it oh yeah not many people can not many people can that's what makes us Absolutely. I can sit here and say, fuck you, Alex, and we will still be friends. Exactly. Go <laughs> fuck yourself. Fuck you, too. But it's, it's always fun talking about, like, you know, interesting stuff. Like, I remember I had a conversation with uh, my boyfriend before. One of the conversations I had was about girls in esport gaming. Oh, yeah. Not many people talk about that one because. Mm -hmm. It's extremely rare to see a girl win. Extremely well, rare. Not only that, but a lot of the times you run into e like the dedicated esports fans, they're guys, and as soon as a guy in the current climate we have on the internet, as soon as a guy starts talking about why a female isn't the best in the world at esports, he's sexist. Yeah. Yes. It's so That's like even even if it's like even if it's just a breakdown of like her skills where she is currently like you know, she's she's great at this, but she really needs to work on this. Well, why would she need to work on that? She's a girl. Yeah. Because she needs to. <laughs> yeah. It's stupid. It's such, a, it's such an interesting controversy. Because, like, how many people are willing to even talk about that? Like, me being a girl and, you know, knowing the competitive stuff, it's like, 
it's rare. And the fact that um, yeah. I don't see many females play as well. There's not many. Like yeah. going well, around these conventions and stuff, it's be all rare to see a female mm, play because mm-hmm. they just sit there and they're like texting, saying, "Oh, I'm not interested." Oh, who cares? And what's picking up? They're like, "How does it work?" And then you know, and people are like saying, "Oh, girls can't play," you know, kind of shit. It's like, yeah. have you actually seen girls play? Some oh, of yeah. them can kick your ass. Oh, there, there's a Absolutely. fair amount, and we are definitely getting to the point where I think we're gonna start seeing more female uh, esports players on the stages. The thing Which is, they also them. each one of them has to go through a huge ordeal to be on that because not only do they have to earn the spot by being that good. They then have to fight every single day because of guys, guys on the internet. Freaking poking well, fingers at them. Actually, yeah. I should rephrase that. Usually guys on the internet. Usually. Yeah. I've seen women <laughs> do it too. Usually yeah. women will support other women, but it doesn't always happen. Not that much. No. But, of the time, majority yeah. of the time, women will get super jealous. And they get yep. more jealous than men. It's very quick. Mm. But so, when but a, like, a guy... Yeah. Once we once we can shift the norm of esports players are guys to esports e- players are gamers, I think that's when we're going to start seeing more women actually take the stage. But that's not Absol- going to happen for an extremely long time. It Absol- takes a long time to move the gaming industry cool. in general. Yeah. Absolutely. So they're on, just insane with on, that. On on that point, which I you know I would love to talk more, but yep. we'll save it for another day. Yes. But on that point. Unless, Alex, you got your wire wrong thing this week, or we do? Yeah, I definitely do. Okay, all right. So we are near the end of the podcast, guys, and we got one more segment. This is going to be a new thing for you, Christina, for you to witness here. Yay! Oh, but this is... You're going to hear me rant and scream. <laughs> I like so before we end the podcast, of course, we have to end the podcast with a wire wrong with Alex. So, what is a why wrong? Wait, wait, wait. What is a why wrong? So why you're wrong is basically I get to pick anything I want and tell you why you're an idiot for supporting this. I like that. That is why it is. That's what it is, basically. That's the boiling down to it. I like What that. I'm doing today is something that I've hammered around uh, quite a bit. We've hammered around loot boxes and stuff like that. It's Oof. linked to crossplay as well. Uh-huh. So... Uh, crossplay is coming to all games. Yeah. Mm. Modern Warfare is going to be one of the first major releases that has it built in. Oh, wow. Modern Warfare has loot boxes in it. And a lot of people are going to go on the whole, oh, well, you know, it's going to be cosmetics. It's going to be perfectly fine. At this point, if you are not paying attention to Modern Warfare news or spoilers, you need to get the fuck out of the conversation. You should never Bye. be saying anything. Because if you're not paying attention, you don't know that most of the game has, at this point has been leaked by a uh, by somebody. They have they have an insider at Activision who has been giving them information, so they know this uh, to be. I mean, maybe not 100% factual, but it is a reliable source. Um, this person has a history of leaking games and wow. very rarely is wrong. Ooh. So, yeah, you can call his you know you can call him into question uh you can all that kind of stuff but honestly at the end of the day this guy knows what he's talking about he's been in this shit long enough to really have an idea and it's gotten to the point where his leaks are being 
uh, fought against by developers on the subreddit for Modern Warfare. Whoa. So really, this kind of shit, like it, when the when developers and stuff like that are coming out and trying to say, oh well, you shouldn't pay attention to inflammatory information that has not been confirmed. Fucking disregard them. They're fucking doing goddamn damage control already. What's going on is they have promised that Modern Warfare is going to have only cosmetic items at launch. Ouch. I repeat, they are going to have only cosmetic items at launch for Modern Warfare. What that means is that once the new once they start putting out the next uh the next version of it six months in, like once they the start update. rolling out more boxes, they're gonna have guns in it. And it's been confirmed. He confirmed that the first weapon that's going to be available in loot boxes is the crossbow. Whoa. There is no reason to turn this game into a pay to, pay to win. Last uh, The last game they did this, they had loot boxes. You could get items out of it. But you could also get the base model, at least, of all weapons. The very base model. That has not been found yet. We do not know if that's going to happen. We do not know if you're going to be able to earn at least the very basics of every single weapon. So that automatically is turning a first-person shooter into a pay to win because if That's you don't have cool. all the guns you're fighting at a disadvantage no end of discussion that's just how Ouch. that's how first person shooters work so the we need to be very very careful we need to actually as gamers as a total even if you don't th support modern warfare if you don't play it this is the kind of shit that you don't want to see in your games this is the kind of shit that is slowly creeping into every single game and we need to put up a fight on it. This, I personally believe that this is in relation to the issue of crossplay, the exclusive that they're having for Sony, where they're having an entire type of gameplay limited to just the PlayStation 4 for an entire year, which, by the way, apparently has pissed off the Modern Warfare community so much that people are canceling their pre-orders in droves and has Activision uh, in a panic. They oh, they literally, it came to the point where so many pre-orders have been canceled, they had an all-hands meeting for the game to talk about it. So oh, this is, this I think is very poor on their part. They are not reading the room. They're not paying attention to anything. It, it's, it's just not gonna be a good time if we continue to let them do this kind of shit. It's, we don't want them to have pay-to-win features most people already dislike loot boxes. Even if it's only cosmetic skins, people tend to not like loot boxes. They want to be able to buy what they want to buy, and that's it. Microtransactions are one thing. Loot boxes are a totally separate beast. And honestly, if you're okay with them taking loot boxes in this direction for a game where not having a weapon can put you at a severe disadvantage, you're a fucking idiot and you're wrong. I kind of agree with the loot boxes being a big issue because it is appearing even speculations are saying that future, heck, I mean, future characters that are coming up for Smash, they are going to be paid to win. Mm -hmm. And that's already terrifying. And it's like, why couldn't they be free? Like what they did before. It's so dumb. I hate that. And that is why you're wrong with Alex. I was gonna say I was trying to say it earlier, but my mic was turned off. Um, <laughs> so, guys, uh, that's the episode. Um, thank you guys for watching. Um, before we end the podcast, as we usually do, go around the table. Um, Alex, where can I find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitch and on Twitter. 
Uh, both of those handles are B-I-G-I-E-U. Um, I am working on trying to come back with a steady streaming uh, schedule. It's probably going to be mostly focused on weekends and like Fridays, but I haven't figured it out quite yet. Um, I'm playing a lot of WoW Classics, so expect to see that on the stream if you decide to tune in. I am more than happy to talk to anybody who has questions about whatever I'm playing, um, content from one of these podcasts, or if you want to fight me on the internet, my <laughs> suggestion is go to Twitter, tell me why you think I'm wrong, and I will tell you why you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> All right. You you heard the man. He'll take any any opportunity, any fights to come his way. Fight me uh, on the side of the road in a, <laughs> a hailstorm, naked. Whoa! The man, come the, at me, bro. I'm ready. The man has no fear. He'll literally fight you naked. Um, and uh, as I say that and put that thought into Christina's head, um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, oh. Um, like, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> I have a boyfriend, guys. <laughs> Um, Christina, where can they find you on the internet? <laughs> okay, so you can find my, you can find me mostly on my Instagram on Tenley, because that's where I mostly post my work stuff. But you can find me and my podcast that I'm doing with my friends under Creatively Effective Podcast on YouTube. I'm still trying to figure out if I could do it on iTunes or not. But for now, we are currently doing episodes every Friday around 12 p.m. And we talk about pretty much any type of gaming from card games, board games, video games, and the art a little bit behind it. Like for this past week, we talked about Skullgirls yeah. and Indivision, and we talked about how the art style is East meets West. So we were talking about that, how the colors were bold and all that. So next week, we're going to have a fun podcast episode dedicated to uh, good old school Yu-Gi-Oh! because... Majority of us know about Yu-Gi-Oh stuff, and it fits the idea of cards and boards and all that fun stuff. So you can find our podcast on YouTube under Creatively Effective Podcast. Awesome. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Defective Naruto. Follow the work that we do at MissionStart.tv. Or no, me and Alex's work, sorry. I'm in Start TV. I forgot. I always say that because um, it's usually uh, me, Alex, Greg, and Ramen, but Christi <laughs> Christina is here. Um, <laughs> but you can, you can follow the work uh, there on our website. Um, this podcast will be divided up into each section and will be uploaded onto our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash tube, where you get to uh, basically watch our reactions and talk about it on video and leading up into the next episode of our podcast. Um, the audio versions have lately been uploaded on Fridays. Um, uh, life has happened, and it's a, a definite uh, challenger, to say the least. Um, but you catch it on iTunes every week. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, it's on Anchor Podcast. It's on Spotify. It's on pretty much every podcast thing on the internet. Just look up Mission Star Podcast. You'll find us. Um, but uh, that's going to do it for us. Again, thank everyone who's watching, listening. Thank you, Christina, for joining us for tonight. Thank you for having me on the show. Hopefully you had a good time. Oh, hell yeah, I did. It was actually something I would definitely come back to talk about. I like this kind of stuff. Awesome. With, with that, uh, we'll see you guys next time.